Hi, everyone. This is Jess, your host of Resilient and Rowdy. I am so honored to have this special guest, Alex on. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Alex on here. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, for sure. So, Alex, you have a pretty extensive background and you're pretty adamant about putting out good information and like helping people out. Yeah, you're an array of things and I feel like I'm really impressed with your brain. So I just thought I would have you on my show to showcase the kind of man, scholar, advisor you are and bless us with some sweet knowledge. Let's do it. All right. Just a brief intro for me. My name is Alex On. Uh, that's from Lebanon. If you're wondering what it says on my shirt and my hat, A-U-N is uh, Syrian Lebanese. My family is start off as restaurant owners in South Carolina. I predominantly learned from what I know in business from them. And then they ended up uh, closing shop when I was a lot younger. And I did not have much after I left working with them. And that's what led me into the military. I was like, what am I going to do now? I had no idea uh, what to do right after I left my parents' house when I was 17. I wasn't a kid that really put a lot of effort into school. Primarily was failing most of the time in school. Worked for my dad a lot. He's a great man, but he was very hard on me when I was younger. Yeah. And I also had four other brothers. That's a hard uh, group of people uh, Wait, to feed. Four brothers. <laughs> I have four brothers. Oh, so there's five total. There's five total of us, and I'm the youngest. Wow. And I, was, I would say I'm like more of a black sheep. I just didn't follow the traditional sense of how they wanted me to grow up. My brothers are very astute scholars and professionals in their own array of industries that they're in. And for me, I segued towards uh, being alone and going and figuring it out on my own. So I left at 17 and came into the military. And not only did I uh, work very hard to get where I was to even come into the military, I lost about 76 pounds to come in. I was very overweight my senior oh. year of high school and I was failing my grades. So only way to change uh, course was to do summer school and also lose the weight. And I did both and I changed my life, turned it around and I uh, came into the Air Force in 2007. Mm -hmm. And from there, I spent my time trying my best to be the best that I could be there. And then I will elevate my business and financial skills. That's taking me to where I am now. That's amazing. So you came from some really humble beginnings when the economy crashing was not very kind to a lot of families. So I feel like a lot of folks can relate, but I'm so proud of you for just realizing, Hey, I need to get a plan. Like I need to like have some sort of direction. So good for you for, but you got it done and you go into the air force and you're like, Hey, I'm not messing around. I'm here to elevate myself. Whereas some people just getting by is enough. And I like that about you. So was it really like benefits to military members that like pushed you to take advantage of certain financial programs or were you just looking to just really build something for yourself? Cause I feel like a lot of folks can relate to that, especially if they grew up 
were were impacted by the recession years ago. So mm-hmm. definitely just wanted to ask you about that. What was it that kind of also urged you to elevate in that level financially? I did see my parents struggle a lot growing up after losing the restaurant and losing a lot of money in the money markets because of the collapse in 07. I think they got burned before then as well, financially in the markets. So one of the things that I had going for me was nowhere else to go (laughs) to figure it out. I was like, what are my options? I didn't really excel in school. All my brothers are in the Air Force. So I was like, you know what? Let's go give this a try. And I also had the uh, dream of becoming a Air Force pararescueman. I went through that pipeline, the course, three times. So it was really a combination of wanting more. And I don't know particularly what happened to me. That was a very long time ago where I just made this switch to change. But I had to get a light, a light of fire under my ass to get moving in some direction. What am I going to go do? Stay at the house and play video games all day. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I had some change inside of me. And I really think it was because I did look at the Air Force Special Operations community as something that I wanted to be a part of. And they weren't going to have me if I didn't rise to that occasion. I had to lose the weight. I did. I had to study to score the grades that I did. And I did. I scored trade A's uh, junior into senior year and uh, went to summer school. And then in the next year, I'd graduated early and uh, came in. And I will say this, one of the things that I did see was the failure that I had going through that pipeline that changed me. Not only did I fail it, it's something that stuck with me for a long time, that failure. And then I went back again, so that was 07. I went back again in 2014 and failed again at the last day twice. So failure is something that's definitely driven me. I've never really been segued in a negative way by failure. It's just something that's fired me up. Every time I failed, I've just come back. Now, I don't want to do the same thing over and over again, but I definitely have learned from failure to uh, become successful where I'm at, not only with my military endeavors, but also with finance and business. How I got into finance and business, uh, primarily finance off the get-go, I didn't start my first company until 2000, excuse me, 2015. But I got into finance pretty early because I remember going over to Korea. That was my first duty station. And I'd see everybody spending their money on everything but investing, right? They were buying Xboxes, Playstations, TVs. And I understand it's something to keep you busy on your off time. But I was, I wanted change. I saw what that led to. I already didn't have too much of an opportunity on the outside financially. My parents probably weren't going to leave me with anything and they didn't really teach me or understand finance. They might've understood business. They did very well with the business growing up, but just uh, something that happened and they ended up losing the business and, and selling. And I don't really know all the details of that. And I, I think if I ever asked my father about it, he would be pretty upset just to bring it up. That happens, but I but I didn't know that yet. I just saw everybody else spending their money on things that I call RRDs, things that rust, rot, and depreciate, right? RRD spending, your PlayStations, your video games, TVs, that kind of stuff. And I was walking through the PX one day and I went to the book section 
and uh, stumbled upon a book uh, called Personal Finance for Dummies. And I was like, wow, I'm a dummy. That's I, my wife told me about it. It's probably why you like the color. I, I love that it takes a quirky but interesting book like that to really grab your attention. And also, I applaud your self-control to not give in to those things like, again, the Xboxes, the PS, whatever number was out that year and and alcohol and really like trash junk food like at least treat yourself to some trader joe's but no yeah i really applaud you for that because it's really tempting and you see it it's around you a lot of people who do enter the military they not not a lot majority honestly they do not have a savings or not very financially savvy um a lot of people just live paycheck to paycheck in the military um they don't make a whole lot and then when you add careless spending it's it's a little reckless because you should at least put something aside but yeah like i said good for you for just seeing that kind of being cognizant of it so you pick up this book and was it pretty decent like literature was it very like easy to comprehend or were you still scratching your head at things did it break it down pretty well for you would you'd say yeah that book did break it down for me personal finance for dummies and the first thing i did was like, oh my God, it's Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Like I got the golden ticket. So I bought the book and ran to my nearest like Starbucks Air Force bases. We have everything. We got a cold store creamery, we got Starbucks, we got everything. Uh, we got <laughs> our dining hall and a valet too. But with that, I went to the Starbucks after I bought it. And I remember sitting down and I would I just got out a highlighter and a pen and I just started writing things down, highlighting things. And at the time, yeah my financial acumen was low, but I thought at the time it was, and that's what led me to the next book and led me to the next book and the next book. And your level of acumen is based on what's relative to you at the time. And if you went to school with it, maybe your level is relative to you from what you learned at school, but mine was very low at the time. So I took the time to read that book and apply those skills. And once I found out that there were other ways you elevate those skills even further, so the skills that are in that book specifically, I think were for beginners and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But as you, time goes on, just like anything else, you start to become, you, know, you go from the JV, then you go to varsity, then you go to the pros. I'm not saying that I'm in the pros, but I've been doing this for a very long time. And um, even when I elevated to the next level, I thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell people that I knew everything, but I was pretty humbled by the fact that I've learned a lot more and gained a lot more skill than I had before. When I thought that everything I was learning from these original books, these original courses that I was taking, I thought that those were gold and that was the end all be all. So to humble yourself and to go to the next level is uh, something that everybody will experience. They just have to start, right? It's just like with this podcast here, this is my second, in fact, I've done maybe one podcast before. This is my second stream. I did my first stream yesterday. Yeah, uh, you saw it. Yep, I did. I had to tune in. I was like, "Oh, Alex is talking. I better listen." <laughs> so, what was your first podcast like? What was your first business deal like, or your finance deal? Your lighting is going to get better. Your audio is going to get better. The way you speak is going to get better over time. Same thing goes with anything else that you do. It just start. When's the best time to start? Now. You will regret it if you don't start now, and you're going to say. I'll start weeks from now or a year from now. If you start then, why, what was the difference between starting then and a year before? You will regret it. 
And, and I have too. Fair. Yeah. And you're preaching to the choir. I definitely let my procrastination habits hold me back. I'm not sure whether it was intentional or, or not, or if it's just like you get so nervous that you just freeze. But the more that I just do and don't overthink it, it it's paid off. Like in some way, shape or form, you either win or you learn. So procrastination can hold you back. Like if that wasn't already obvious, but just like in so many ways, think of all the missed opportunities that you, you could have, should have, could have, would have, but you didn't. So mm-hmm. it's just as simple as you said, just start. In fact, so, not to cut you off, but we were talking about the, where I started in the military, mm-hmm. what I did then, when I came in at 07, what I'm doing now is very similar in the special operations community that I could have been doing years ago. If I really have just or would have just believed in myself a little more physically i was there yeah physically i had everything that and more way more than where i'm at now i was capable of doing it just didn't believe in myself and i didn't take just that little bit more of a step yeah that i could win you were psyching yourself out yeah there's parts of it for sure Okay. And so what was the reason? So you mentioned it and I want my audience to know. So you went from the Air Force to then the Army. What was that transition like? Why did you switch? Did you want to step up to the big boys league? Um, (laughs) Regret minimization, another saying. Okay. The youth still, I had a itch in my gut that if I don't do this, I'll never do it. And that stuck with me for a very long time that I'd failed something that I put so much into. I lost the weight. I scored the grades. I was the only one that was running at night. I was the only one that was at the pool for five hours a day. I was the only one that was drowning myself for what? And it didn't work out for me, Mm -hmm. but it led me to something greater. But if I didn't take that opportunity to do, and I walked away from a lot, I had started my first company in 2015 after a a bad relationship that I had and I wanted more. I wanted to change just like I wanted to change in 07 when I came in the first time, but I wanted to change again in 2015. I had failed in 2014 again to go be a pararescueman. And I went through a very horrible relationship that in 2015, I went berserk. I went berserk. I was doing everything that I could, reading books, waking up in the morning, making my bed, vacuuming all the time. Like it was almost OCD. Some of the things that I was doing, it was crazy. I never had a full clothes. I never had to wash dishes. It looked like some person came to my apartment at the time and said, it looks like a presidential suite here. And yes, because I wanted to do the small things before I could get to the big things. I wanted to see how far I could push myself. I was reading 80 to 120 pages a day of books. I was buying books like it was Christmas. Every single day, there was another book that came in the mail. By the way, you can buy that. You don't have to buy new books. Go to Amazon for that. Not right. sponsored for Amazon, by the way. Wish it was. So would you say that you used that bad breakup amongst other things to really be the catalyst of changing yourself and leveling up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I used that to project me to the next level. But uh, so I that's where the mindset came from was really, right. I think, yeah. around there. So I had all the physical abilities all the way up till past 2014, but I didn't have the mindset yet. So I had to develop my mindset and I ended up starting my first company there. It's a a 3D printing company. I still own it today. I'm going to be selling 
25% of that company soon. I'm just working out the kinks on it right now, but uh, away from business for this. In 2015, I was tied up in Washington State, and I had an amazing network up there of entrepreneurs that I was working with, but I still had that itch inside of me that if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. So it was choose what path do I choose? Do I choose business or do I choose the next realm and go backwards and do something that I, I spent a long time training for and something that meant a lot to me. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the army recruiter and I'm going to go ask to sign up for special forces. And I did, it was very random, nothing else behind social media growing at the time I was running a channel called Alliance Universal Network. I had social media going. That's another thing I walked away from. I canceled out everything. I thought at the time I was going Jason Bourne where I had to delete everything. Secrets. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. I thought I had to do that. I, I deleted everything. I cut ties for people I was working with at the time. I came a couple of years back and apologized to them that I had walked away, but I did. You know what? I, I didn't even tell my parents that I came back in. I didn't tell my parents that I came back into the military until after selection for special forces because I didn't want any bridges to go back on. I didn't yeah. want to get on any boats. I didn't want to go and have to lean on someone's shoulder. And I have a good support network. I know everyone doesn't have that, but I always used to lean on my parents and my brothers for some sort of acceptance approval. Yeah, that's fair to say. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to see if I really wanted to do this yeah, and I did it. That's amazing. That's honestly like really mind blowingly impressive. <laughs> Let me be honest. Wow. But yeah. And look at you now. It's a little frustrating having to start over like your platform. Cause I think I do remember that you mentioned that you thought you had to delete everything. And to be fair, a lot of SF guys, they don't have a big, social media presence that's slowly changing now it's becoming a little bit more of a norm but i mean for safety reasons yeah you would think hey let me keep it pretty low-key so and you had to really make a tough decision but you stood on it and you also stood on your own um if that's fair to say and you really just honed in on your mental and emotional strength to be able to make it through selection. So I applaud you for that too. That's amazing. Let me, let me say if anyone wants to go in that direction for special forces or any type of special operations, and I, I'm not trying to bring light to uh, the community. I respect everybody that's in that community so much to allow me to work with them mm. in any capacity whatsoever. But I'm the last guy that I think would be the person that anyone thinks is associated with that type of community. Most of the guys that I work with are amazing people and they have all the tats that they, they have the square jaw, you know, <laughs> not a physical specimen whatsoever, but I know some that are, and some of those guys are heroes in my eyes, even though they don't see themselves as heroes. I look up to those guys a lot when it comes to being a professional in the military and then also an elite member of our military. I look right. up to those guys a lot. So that I'm only saying that to respect them in this conversation. Yeah, of course. And I think it's 
pretty neat that you get to work and connect and network with some of the most elite dudes in the army. And y'all aren't just big, tough, strong bodies. Like y'all also have a really good head on your shoulders. Like a lot of y'all are really intelligent in your own ways. So just sitting in a room and working with fellow men like that, does that also inspire you to do more, to do better and help each other out in that sense? A long time I spent in the Air Force, about 10 years plus, and only about six years so far. So I have about 16 plus in the military now. I missed out on a lot of the GWAT war with that side of the house. Now, I did deploy with the Air Force, but I was sitting on tarmacs a lot. I did a lot of flyaways. I didn't see war in the same capacity that these men have. So when I'm working with them at work, it's, uh, it's very humbling. And I make sure that they know that I know what they've done for our country and the sacrifices that they've made, either being away from their families or just the, the years and years. There's some guys in my office that have 15 appointments. I have seven and half of them are Disneyland appointments in the Air Force. So, <laughs> I have a lot of TDYs or went a lot of places and I, I won't dilute my service, but there is a clear difference between guys that have 16 plus years that are been SF the whole time mm -hmm. or came from 82nd side to came to the SF side or maybe from the Marine Corps going from infantry over. They have a lot of experience and I'm very humbled to work with them and it does make me better. Yeah, for I sure. Bet. I bet. Just, I heard Tiger Woods say in a video a few months ago, if you're intimidated, that's your issue. You could either be inspired or intimidated. So the fact that y'all can build a brotherhood amongst so many things, but also help each other get better and improve or just be on top of your game in any way, shape or form. I feel like that, like adding that to your experience in life is what I feel like is one of the things that really helps elevate you. Like you're constantly trying to do more to improve. I don't know if I know of anyone currently besides you and maybe a few others that carry themselves that way. Y'all are very humble, but there's always some work to be done. And I think that type of like work ethic in itself is just incredibly impressive. You've had some interesting experience before and you still use that today to inspire you. But would you say there's other kind of things in play pushing you to strive to do more to be more are you like looking to like just retire by 40 yeah there's a good saying either you program your life or life will program you i feel like life and also myself both hand in hand have programmed me to be on my off time an entrepreneur and I've just run with that for a very long time. There is a lot of people that excel at amazing things on their off time, like being a father or a mother. Those things are more impressive than anything I do. Raising children, that they have a family. There's many men in my office that have three or four children. They're in their 40s, but their kids are almost out of the house already. Oh, wow. Yeah, it goes by fast. Yeah. So that's very impressive. Hats off and let's clap our hands for the mothers and fathers that are out there who yeah. are being good to their family. You don't need to go start a business and you don't need to go make a whole bunch of money to prove yourself to the world or to yourself. 
for me personally, it's just something I like to do. Yeah. It's almost a lot of people spend their time going and, and experiencing life on their off time, whether it be just having friends and going out and going to concerts <laughs> and going into different countries on their leave versus what I do most of the time and my wife uh, do, which is we grind because yeah. we, we enjoy business a lot. But also we're trying to facilitate for things that maybe we didn't have when we were younger. And I found some things that work that do um, have a different result than the traditional system has told us. And I believe that if anybody wants to experience that type of endeavor, they can. And it is very rewarding, but it is very challenging at the same time. Okay. I've gone through a lot of um, emotional ups and downs in business. I've gone through a lot of hard times and stressful times. So I'm just pulling my hair out just to make things work. Mm -hmm. I was doing it all day today for <laughs> this conversation all the way up till I was able to hop in the shower and just uh, clean up a little bit and uh, hop on the show with you. But it's worth it. But you have to be ready to make those sacrifices and be able to show up consistently. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I feel like that's probably one of the biggest things that a lot of people just struggle with is the consistency. And I guess also, like you mentioned earlier, fear. Mm -hmm. yourself out. I know it might seem boring. What kind of thing can I learn tonight where I can speak on? Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to do that after this conversation. <laughs> Again, I did another lesson today, having a customer centric business model. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday was how to manage stress. The day before that was some, I do one every single day. I'm doing a hundred lessons in business and then there are only 15 second segments on YouTube and I post okay. them up on my channel. And uh, I'm sure you've seen them before, mm -hmm. but what I'll do later is I'll make a longer segment explaining in depth, all that, and then I'll go live and I'll talk about for an hour straight or however long it takes to explain that in depth for people so they can understand. So that's where I'm at now. Business for me is something that is just a part of who I am now. And to be honest, I tell a lot of people who I work with specifically in the SF community is that what you do in this job it translates very well to the outside mm -hmm. when it comes to networking when it comes to force multiplication mm -hmm. when it comes to being a swiss army knife that's what we call the sf world you have people that are hammers you have people that are scalpels we're like a multi-tool in sf yeah right? And also our job is not just about lifting weights. It's not just like we're going to fly on helicopters all day, wear cool gear and just look badass. That couldn't be further than the truth. Yeah. A true SF guy likes to lift weights, like looks, likes to look cool and do awesome stuff. But a true SF guy is a person that can read personalities, read their environment and be able to immediately exploit the situation for political end goals or political end states or whatever that operation requires the ability to have a huge amount of emotional intelligence uh -huh. self-awareness self-management which leads into social awareness and relationship management how you know yourself and how you interact with others 
based on how you know yourself and how you can read an environment. That's what makes a true SF guy. Wow. That's pretty cool. And so would you say that you already knew how to do that before getting into SF and throughout training and working with peers and stuff, would you say that those skills improved or did you fully pick that up during your time in SF so far? That skill made sense to me in the community. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to do coming into the job was to be able to have that cross-cultural ability to interact with other people from a diverse set of fields and a diverse set of uh, places around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, to learn another language isn't easy. You know why you're learning that language is more important and how you can use it, understanding the culture that you're going into, what are the do's and do nots, and how one thing that you say or do can affect so much. So yeah. your position is very important and listening to the people that are way more experienced than I am rubs off on me. And I know that I have to do the best that I can with where I'm at with limited resources mm -hmm. and work well with others. All those things made sense to me because of business and because of what I wanted out of the military. I wanted to work with others and be on a team. I didn't have friends growing up. I didn't have someone to put my head on. I had my brothers and I had my parents, but I didn't have friends growing up. I didn't have some person I could go to on my team. I could go to those individuals and they would be there for me anytime with anything. Yeah. And they would, they would find a solution. It would help me through my problems. And yeah, you have to help yourself, but they would be there for you. And they knew that I would do the same thing for them. That's one thing I really liked. And then also the fact that we have to do so much with so little, pull 40 hats at the same time. We don't always have the resources and funding that everybody else has, which makes us special as well. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought y'all were kind of like Uncle Sam's like favorite. There are units that have um, special resources that are allocated to them. But with us, we're spread out and we don't rely on those resources as much. We um, use those resources to train. Okay. Interesting. When it comes to being alone and being forward on a deployment with others, and I'm not going to speak from some of the experience of some of the guys that have come before me, that's for them to tell if they want. Okay. But from what I know of and from my experience is that we do more with less. That's, that is not an easy feat. And I'm really glad that y'all have that type of bond and I've heard of it, but you talking about it personally, it makes me feel good that you can like 100% like rely on that person. No ifs, ands, or buts. And that brotherhood, that ability to show up for each other is at some points, whether it's just personal or professional, it's life or death. And that's awesome. But then you say that you put your ego aside to be able to learn from these guys, would you say that's, that's a norm in your community, whichever one, your professional community and also like your SF community, would you say that there's people like you that are able to put their ego aside to learn from each other? Or is that kind of rare or every so often? Do you ever like butt heads with people? When I came to a team, I just was quiet. A lot of people thought I was probably a serial killer or something. <laughs> 
And where I'm at, as time goes on, you become a little bit more comfortable and they give you a little bit more left and right. That winds up a little bit. But when you're new, it's best to just be quiet. Working with them, it's very special because uh, we all cross train each other and our abilities. So you have to be willing to learn. And the way you get selected in the first place and get through the pipeline, hopefully, and I know there's some that slip through the cracks. We all hear that anywhere you're at. But a large majority, if not all, have been assessed, selected, and trained. And maybe not trained on everything, but they're trainable. They have the ability to work well on a team. And they should be able to get to a team and go through the same process. Everybody's gone through the same process through assessment, selection, and the pipeline. So now everybody needs to go through the process of being new to a team and that might have worked in the course with them working on a team with each other, but it is different. They try and mirror it during the portions of training, but when you get to a team, your training starts all over again, yeah. right? You're new, humble yourself, learn from those who've been there before you because they were in your position as well. Yeah. Everybody starts over. Everybody has a green beret. So everyone, and there's some that come and they're cocky and they get squared away quite quickly mm. by the guys who've been there before. Mm-hmm. So it's best to just be quiet, know that you're new and show them what you have to offer. Yeah. Don't tell them what you have to offer. Show them. Yeah. That's why use words when you could just impress them with your talents. That's really good. And I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why you're able to like genuinely show up and learn something and be skilled at it. Cause sometimes you get frustrated with yourself or you just let your emotions overpower you when you could just put those things aside and just think logically and rationally and take things one thing at a time. Now, would you say that a lot of your compadres, your teammates, do they also push you to become better to in numerous ways, whether it's team stuff, like SF guy stuff, or is it like professionally as a businessman, do they push you to be the best that you can be in numerous ways? Or is it kind of like a silent understanding? Like, Yeah, they definitely push me in, in all areas. When I was on a team uh, before I got hurt, and I can go into that briefly, but when I was on a team, I did experience that uh, push and that push was only positive, whether it's from the side of a constructive criticism or even jokes to see what gets to a person as well. Like they might want to get under your skin because they want to see, are you a person that they can crack? I was very quiet and my team was very professional, but also funny. So they want to see if they can get under my skin. I don't remember if I ever did let them get under my skin. That's good. I think the team sergeant found out that I had a love for martial arts and maybe a few of them decided to leave me alone. I gravitated towards my senior a lot because he was a professional fighter and I had a tremendous amount of experience in Taekwondo and Tungsudo, Korean martial arts, and then Russian martial arts, Ruki Pashti Boy, which is Russian hand-to-hand combat. So I, I picked that up. By uh, training in Korea and then also personal training with an instructor 
and I just enjoyed that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> also learned a lot from doing martial arts too, is that you have to remain on an even keel. If someone's maybe saying something rude to you or trying to get under your skin, that doesn't mean that you have to let that bother you and physically confront some person. What am I going to do? Physically confront someone? I can tell them that bothers me. If I tell them that it bothers me, I need to also know how to say it too. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And <clears throat> if it got to that point, I believe that I would just said something the right way. But also, I know it's a pretty open community to where if you do have a problem with some person, and I've seen it and heard about it, to where you will fix those things quite quickly, or it could turn into something that could be a physical situation. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a physical job. I know some people in my community have never been punched in the face before, which is very surprising to me. Having <laughs> <laughs> made it this far. <laughs> Have you just okay. seen my face? I've definitely been punching the face a bunch of times. Okay. You should see my ears. I have a little bit, but I don't want to segue too far away from the conversation and go down a rabbit hole here. But Oh, we love rabbit holes. But mentioning you're doing martial arts and stuff, I feel like that has its own really intricate types of teachings like all it's also it, people assume it's just physical development but it's both like physical and mental and like how you're saying that you're taught to not let it get under your skin it's easy to let it get under your skin it's, it's almost primitive but the mental strength and like self-control and willpower that you have to not allow it to bother you is again just next level so you also applied these martial arts teachings amongst other things into being on a team but you said you got injured what happened i could even had to have done with martial arts for many years i either pushed my body very far uh, for the air force to go through courses that didn't come to fruition and i just kept training i kept running a lot. I would do a lot of ultras, a lot of triathlons. Uh, I still did a lot of martial arts. And I would, I would not really think about some of the preventative medicine that's out there. I didn't really think about stretching all the time and rolling out and doing all this stuff. And a lot of that started to become new, I think, in the mid 2000s, 2000, maybe 12 and after. Yeah, for sure. I was rolling out, doing a lot of different stretching. And I was used to stretching for martial arts, but okay. I didn't do a lot of the physical therapy that I probably could have done. And I was also in the water a lot before I came into the Army as well. So that's preventative medicine there. But I didn't do anything in the water when I came over to the Army. And then also, you're, you get older like and, and you go through these courses so much, it starts to break you down. And then martial arts, I'm very left leg dominant. My injury happened to my right leg and it probably is because in, especially in the Korean martial arts, you use your legs a lot. Uh, it's your longest weapon. You engage your opponent with it, like you're fencing or you're using it as a boxing, but you're boxing with your legs, you're fencing with your legs. Essentially you're going in and out very quickly, not trying to not get your leg trapped. And I wouldn't always pivot my right leg the right way. So I know I was always tearing up the cartilage, the, the ligaments and the tissue in my right knee. And I remember going down for a full locker jump for free fall training. And I was going to put my rock on. And the last time I'd felt this feeling in the back part of my knee was just being in the pool 
and I think it was shredding water. And I felt this like suction feeling in the back of my knee to where I had to extend my leg. And it felt like it was not, it was like a hyper contraction versus a hyper extension. So I felt like I needed, it was like a Charlie horse. And like my leg was like tensing up. So I had to straighten my leg. And as soon as I straightened my leg, I felt the pain start to relieve. And then it just, I was like, I got to stand up. So I stood up with the rock and my leg popped in three places. It was like really loud. Oof. I was put on crutches and they took the gear off me, that kind of stuff. But I had torn a portion out of my ACL meniscus and a slight tear to my MCL. I had construction surgery on all three of the areas, but my meniscus was trapped up underneath my kneecap. So I couldn't extend my knee because the tissues were caught up underneath the, the knee. So it's like a joint being impinged. Like you have something in between the door and you're trying to open it all the way. Uh-huh. Close it. That was really bad. And that was a little over a year recovery. And uh, I'm still recovering from it now. It affected my left side too. So I, I have to have surgery on the left side as well. And I fought the med board, which was cool. So I'm able to remain in. But my time on a team is probably not going to happen much more. I'm working in our more staff positions now. Yeah. And I'll move to actually go do something that I want to do uh, very soon, being an 18 Echo, um, a comms guy. And I, I generally gravitate towards tech. Mm-hmm. Going and working in our technology department at one of our battalions is something I'll be doing next. So I'm oh. very excited for that. And I have four years left. So. It'd be amazing to just uh, go over there, still give the same energy, same work ethic, and also contribute to the teams as if I was uh, still operational on a team. I'm just really impressed with that mindset that you have. It's very positive and you still hold a lot of value, but I can imagine how rough that recovery is and experiencing that. But just hearing you talk about it, like, how did you get to that type of perspective? Like, how did you stay so positive or how did you get so positive with it and take another bad situation and just use it as a lesson to, again, just you're leveling up and you're not letting it, not letting it get to you. Or maybe you did, but you worked on yourself. Like, how did you get to where you're at with that perspective? I am so busy on my off time that it was just like one thing got in the way, but I was just continuously busy anyways, either on my off time, being busy with business. I started to attend school over at Embry-Riddle University for aerospace engineering. I did not continue on with that. I got into flying too when I was injured. So I'm a pilot now. I started doing that. So I just found other things to, to fill do, which was physical stuff at the time. So continuing right. on with business, setting other goals. I have a lot of goals to achieve and they're really ongoing. So it's just never stopped, Jess. I've continued on for a very long time. Nothing's going to stop me. I feel like you're just continuously learning because there's just so much. I don't know if you've seen the meme, but it's like one guy is stressed out. He's there's so much to learn. And then the other guy is just like, there's so much to learn. I feel like you're that second guy. Like you're mm-hmm. excited, you're showing up and that's half the battle. You mentioned yeah. that earlier, just not procrastinating and just showing up. I still have a contract to fulfill and I only have four years left. Yeah. Why not stick it out for 20 and see what I can do? I came to this community to give value, bring value, just like I do in business. 
to bring value, give value. And being when I'm in other people's lives mm-hmm. with this conversation here, I'm here to provide value to your viewers, bring value, give value. And when you do that, it's energy. Think about it. It's like the law of thermodynamics. The first law is the law of conservation. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. Elon Musk is a very amazing entrepreneur, regardless of what you think about him. He is definitely a person that creates a tremendous amount of value. He says you're paid in direct proportion to the difficulty of problems that you solve. If you help enough people get what they want, you can have what you want. So the best thing you can do is provide value. And most likely you will have that energy return. You should have some form of input for all the output that you're putting out. So I, I figure just work like hell and see what happens or whether it's at work. I don't want to give anybody the reason to say, Hey, Alex, like you're slacking at work. And I know you do a lot of things in your off time. Where are you at while you're here? And I never gave somebody, I never gave somebody the reason why I was working either on a team or where I'm working now to ever question my work ethic at work or based on what it is that I'm doing in my off time that interfering. And I keep everything separate too. I keep my business separate from separated from my professional life. I keep my professional life separated from my business life, my relationship. You know, I, I keep it yes. separate for a reason and it works out very well for me. I don't let things bleed in because I know there's external effects on the personal side based on what it is that I'm doing. I respect your time. I respect your life. Yeah. And if people thought that way about what, when I do something, does what I do affect other people? And if so, I need to make sure I do the things so I don't interfere and I cause second and third order effects for other people that now they have to clean up after me Mm. and it makes a big issue for others. Yeah. I do it with everything. That's awesome. That's really good. I feel like it's just like less drama, less BS, just less of a headache. So good for you. I feel like I was also taught that it's like, unless you need to get help or you need resources, like you leave your personal things at the door, you show up, do your job, kick ass, take names and you go home. And I feel like most people, if they were to go on these ventures in some way shape or form some people really slack off like anyone can be a shit bag and mm-hmm. that's not great and i feel like you're very cognizant of what you bring to the table and you're going to show up and you're going to give that and then yeah with you leaving everything at the door i feel like that makes you more present and able to show up 100 at your job and then your other businesses your relationship your family life your personal life it's like you've like categorized everything that sounds really smart. I keep it out of my head for sure. I, I don't worry about what it is that I'm doing. I just set the goals. I track them and then I eradicate them. Mm-hmm. I have a board that's off to my left. It's like the size of the wall. And I break all of the things that I want to do down. Each business is compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Each thing that I'm working on is compartmentalized. And then it works into personal as well. The things mm-hmm. that I got to do for myself. But I've had the goal of being a pilot for many years and CA with the military will fund that as well. Oh, they will right. fund you to go get your pilot's license. I didn't know that. Are you? $4,000 a year towards CA. Why yeah. not use it? I use it at the local, it's not too far from me, about 10 minutes away, mm-hmm. a local airfield and uh, have some amazing 
CFIs out there that train me for my pilot license. And there's really no end for that. You can continue to fly and log hours and work into what I'm working into now is my advanced ground instructor and then also private pilot to license and then commercial license as well. So if I wanted to gain another skill, whether go fly myself for business or take my wife and go fly or friends and family, or if it's for business, or if I wanted to charge, that's another skill. Mm -hmm. One of the things I talk about in the lessons in business is develop skills, right? Right. You never know when you can use them, right? Mm -hmm. And no, no, what somebody else's struggles can be an asset for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's a liability for them. You're their asset and you can become a resource to them. Flying is something that's fun too. It just takes the weight off my shoulders, obviously, because I'm freaking defying gravity, right? right? Flying's really cool. I got my wife into it as well. She's flown some already, and she's going to be working on tours for her, uh, her private pilot license PPL and I'll see where it goes from there. Um, really cool. But things that I'm doing today, I fly from time to time, maybe sometimes once a week or once every two weeks, I, I try to get a couple flights in, but that's not my primary thing I have to do. I have to prioritize. So the things that I prioritize on my off time. Our first will be official. So that's my primary company. Uh, that's the Whoopi hoodie. If anyone's seen the poncho liner hoodie and throughout the military, uh, my business partner, Mike Batista, and I started that company um, about five and a half years ago now. And it's, it's become a hit with the military and even the civilian community. We've definitely made some waves. I started uh, going with my wife up north, some of the malls and, um, uh, traveling out a bit, uh, going north. We usually go south or east. We traveled up to think to like the Charlotte Mall or something like that. And uh, we saw in the Burberry shop a whoopee stitched jacket. So I also saw it in Germany when I was doing some equipment, riding the equipment. Someone has to watch it. I was the guy who did it. But I was uh, going through Germany and I saw it in one of the stores. I saw the stitch and I know where that comes from. It comes from the poncho liner, the whoopee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that company, I put a lot of focus in to, we're primarily right now with that company, structuring it into uh, where it can be, what a hedge fund, or just say you're trying to raise money in a way where you're trying to take that business to the next level. There's a lot of criteria you have to hit before you do that. So I'm finalizing a lot of the things that are required to do, and we're not too far from there. Also signing a lot of deals with bigger outdoor stores. We just recently signed with Shills. It's like Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's style. Okay. That's really cool. In the Midwest. And it's a pretty awesome store. Yeah. And those people work at night for some odd reason because their email, <laughs> our email traffic is like 1 a.m. sometimes. So I'm like, man, these, these people are like me. Yeah, they're constantly hustling. I was going to ask you, what's your time management like when you're handling so many things? You said prioritizing, obviously, but it sounds like you work all the time. Yeah, I do. I feel like that's also like a a part of your drive because I feel like a lot of people would get burnt out. It's not for everyone, but it it can be uh, a part of it can be for everyone. Anyone can start a business. Mm -hmm. It's just making sure you, you follow, you chase one rabbit until you start chasing another one. And Wobby official is pretty autonomous. Now there's not a lot of work that goes into it other than really packing orders now 
Right. And now I'm more up and out than I am down and in the company. So we have employees to take care of a large majority of the operations. We have our legal setup. We have our accounting setup. We have our packing setup. We have our management setup. And we have a warehouse and we can fulfill everything there. So once that happens, really, you shouldn't be looking towards doing something else. If you're in business, try and focus on what works. Why start another company? And a lot of people do that. They have the shiny object syndrome. They have, they think there's some serial entrepreneur and they're not, I've never used that term for me. And entrepreneur, there's a lot of people that throw that term out there. Okay. Honestly, I don't really know what it means. I would say a person like Richard Branson is like a serial entrepreneur or Elon Musk. And I've seen it thrown around in the social media community. I think they need to go and do some deep thinking about what that actually is. Because yeah. being a serial entrepreneur is a, a very big deal. Mm. And even entrepreneurs, even people who are very successful, they don't call themselves entrepreneurs. I call myself an entrepreneur just because it's, it's really a part of who I am now. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy doing it. Some person calling themselves a gamer or an influencer or something like that. I really truly do that. And it's embodied who I am. I'm still Alex. I'm just a normal guy, but it's what I like to do. And I would say if you're a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer, it's not who you are. It is what you do. But for me, I would say, yes, I am an active duty soldier. I am by day on my off time. I am an entrepreneur and at one time. In the future, I won't be a soldier anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll always be Alex, but as far as what I do as a professional, I'm an entrepreneur. But, and that's what I do. Uh, I, I prioritize things and I break my time management down into, I segment it pretty deep. Because mm -hmm. what I do is I take all of these different things that I'm working on and I find out what the hard inquiries are or mm -hmm. the, critical task. And I draw all those into a master critical hard inquiry task all the way off to the right. I'm looking at it now and I have this tracker on my phones. I have this on my computer. So it's really everywhere I go. And when I finish something, I just check it off. Boom. So I, I break it all down from all of these things. And then I break it down into the hard inquiries tasking. And then I prioritize those by one, two, three, what's the most important task. And I take it out. If I don't get done with something, I don't let it bother me unless it's super critical. But honestly, it's really not. I I've learned to manage stress over a period of time. And I've learned that it's not going to, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> it's like when I was in the pool and I was training for PJ school or something like what I've done. Cadre aren't going to kill you. Okay. Yeah. It's really all in your head. The IRS is going to come kick you on your door. I know people say that. I know people think that, but they're not going to do that. If you owe them money, maybe, but no, if you're, if you're a business, there is a lot of leeway in some capacities, but there is a level of acceptance as far as timeliness on things. Right. You don't want to wait and just let things just bypass, but not everything's coming at you at once. You really have to know how to manage stress and have time management, but also know how to prioritize those critical tasks into this is extremely, this is immediate. This is something that can wait. And this is something that, yeah, it's, it's bothering me. It also depends on who you are. Right. 
I feel like being able to show up in so many ways, I feel like you, I feel like you've already done that work on yourself, but I feel like it keeps you in check of, like you said, the kind of person you are. Like, do I want to be a procrastinator? Do I want to be in the same position as I was last year or six months ago? Do I really want to improve or do I not want it enough if I keep procrastinating or slacking or avoiding responsibilities, et cetera? So it's really good that you're very organized and you're very time efficient. I feel like that's. I can add to that in just a second. With yeah. Being organized, prioritizing, time management, you also have to know what is the juice that you're doing worth the squeeze, right? Mm-hmm. And I've taken on business models as of a couple months ago that I had to back out of. And I was truly honest with the business partner that I'm working with. And I was. I know he wanted more. And this gentleman who's in the military with me as well, he's mm-hmm. getting out. He started a $65 million real estate company. He is now with $330. So I'm telling you right now, it is possible to start some very, he's an SF guy as well. And he's done some really amazing things because he had a huge why. He has seven kids. So he has a big why. Yeah. And he knows that the military is not going to be able to sustain being able to take care and give them the life that they want. So if you have a situation like that, it's better to just not focus on like the how, not focus on the what, but the why, and that'll motivate you. And people will see that and and they'll work with you. For example, for, for me, I have the ability to discern what is something that works for me, what I'm more predisposed or leveraged towards whether it be some type of business model. I've been in retail for a very long time in clothing and I'm over it. So when some person approaches me with something, maybe that's down that line, I know what my level of involvement would be. I'm not saying I'll say no to some person. I'm not saying that I won't take any percent in the company or actually be a part of it. But I was recently approached for, and this is something I was working on today with my friend, Adam, he's an SF guy too. And it's very strange. I was talking about the power of networking yesterday on my talk, the importance of networking. All three of these guys that I'm talking about all know each other, which is so strange because I did not meet them at the same time. I met one of them, the one I talked to today in line as I was doing business and ranting about Bank of America and why I do business with F&B. And he was saying the same thing. And he knows the other guy, James, that I was talking about with the real estate. I feel like these people are following me or converging. That <laughs> might be the truth. That might be the truth. Maybe the world works in mysterious ways. Maybe it does. But all three or four of people, actually five, it's so weird. It shocked me. Even my loan officer for this house knows all of them. <laughs> so oh they're God. all connected in some way, but it tracks. And sometimes luck and serendipity, they do go hand in hand. And if luck and serendipity decide to give you a chance and pat you on the back, don't miss that opportunity. Yeah, and That was an opportunity for me. Exchange contact information. I did the same thing today. I was having breakfast and I was with Adam, same guy, which led me to something else for Jennifer and her company. Oh, that's shop she's been looking at doing so oh, wow. it's, yeah. it's it's really opportunities start to find you this is one of the things that i i definitely have to say on this and this might clear things up when you start to work on yourself and you're like hey you know my life screwed up i want to reset right 
you start to open your heart up, open your mind up, open your soul up. You can read books. You can listen to the talks. Listen to whatever you have to. Listen to Tony Robbins. Listen to Les Brown. Listen to some of those people out there. Wayne Dyer. Listen to some of those people. And it might seem crazy, but you need help. You're a shit show and you need help. It's best to just hit that reset button. Stop where you're at. Hit that reset button and truly want change. And you start to change, right? You read the books. You start doing the incantation. This is what I had to do, by the way. I had to make my bed. Yeah. I had to wash the dishes. I had to fold the clothes. I sometimes had to go buy my books that were on the desk in my living room and square them off because I did things that I did not like to do. And those things made me into the person that I needed to be so that now opportunity found me. Just like my first mentor that I had found was on an airplane. I ran into this guy on an airplane. I talked my way into first class like I try and do every single time. And I did. I was able to sit beside this gentleman. This was right before. This is actually, this is right after I had just been working on myself, waking up at the same time every day, not hitting the snooze button, making my bed, turning my affirmations on because your reticular activating system of your mind is at its highest to influence at the first 30 minutes when you wake up and the 30 minutes before you go to sleep. I started to understand how my brain worked. I'd read an incantation that was on the wall that I would be yelling at the top of my lungs because I wanted change. I wanted to be someone different. I wanted what I saw other people experiencing the world. And one thing that frustrates me is when I see some person who's almost, I'm not going to call him a flat out loser. And I don't know <laughs> if you're on social media just bullshitting it or not. Yeah. But when I see those types of people, some guy that's, I'm not going to say being fat is not a bad thing or anything like that, but some big fat loser who's <laughs> driving around a Maserati, not a Maserati, it's a poor man's rich car. No, I'm just kidding. Driving around a Ferrari or something like that, or being on this boat. I know money's not everything and lifestyle's not everything. But when yeah. I see something like that, and I see some person where everything in this world is literally created for you and you can have as well. Mm -hmm. Nobody's special. You can have the same things too. And when I see some person like that, driving a nicer car than me or having a nicer house or having a nicer lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. And there's definitely nothing wrong with being in our United States military. You're here to serve your country. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to just collect a paycheck. But yeah. when I see people like that doing that and having that type of lifestyle, that fucking pisses me off and that fires me up because I see some person that has something that I can have too. And right. what one person can do, you can do as well, but you have to put the effort in. And I was messed up and I needed help. Yeah. If you're a believer, salvation lies within. You must help yourself first before whatever spiritual presence that's there, whatever external circumstances there is going to help you. And that's what I did. I started working on myself. And what happens is when you do that and you've truly started working on yourself and you start to take the blinders off, the tunnel vision comes away, the blinders come open, the shutters are open, low hanging fruit that was right in front of your face the whole time starts to become visible and starts to become where you can reach out to it. Right. right? I explained the steering climbing. I love to climb. Uh, I, I used to teach climbing in Korea for a little bit. And uh, one of the things that I was told by my instructor, and this is something that goes around, which is the stand and your, your three foot world, right? Where you can reach above you, below you. And everybody's trying to reach, right? Super high, go above where they can reach. When 
literally, you just have to look what's in front of you. There's a hand, there's a, a jug here, or maybe there's a, a two finger pocket here, or maybe there's something you can go left, you can go right. You don't always have to go up. Maybe there's a step right in front of you that you can look at, but you, you, you're not seeing it because you're scared. You might fall. You're scared of heights. You're exhausted, whatever. But if you just look at what is right in front of you, what is available to you now, that you have more than you know inside of you. You have more capabilities than you could ever begin to imagine available to you now. More resources than you can possibly imagine available to you now. And I saw in front of me when I was climbing right at my knee, a foothold. Raise your foot up and put it on there. And that will put, project you to the next hold, right? Use your feet. One thing that guys don't like to do in climbing, you'll learn very quickly that climbing is about your legs and sticking the wall and being flexible, being confident, right? Looking at what's available to you right now and use, using the resources that you have in front of you so that you can get to the next level. Not reaching, yeah, they always say uh, a successful person, their, their reach always exceeds their grasp. But let's be real. The reality is that everything that you need is already available to you. It's here right now. It's in front of you. But the only way you'll ever be able to see it is that you get out of your head. And if you need it, reset. Yeah. Nothing wrong, Nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. And I feel like working on yourself is probably like what is, I think, like a big influence on it. You mentioned energy earlier. And I feel like if you hadn't worked on yourself, if you just jumped into these things, I feel like you wouldn't carry yourself or have that energy that those like-minded people were drawn to. If you're lost, if you're struggling or in your head or like in a rock bottom, like you're not going to attract good things while you're in that kind of space. So I think like working on yourself was one of the best investments that you've or personally, from what I know that you've made so far. Cause I feel like that is obviously a step in the right direction, but if you avoid these things, if you avoid the work, you're not able to show up in numerous aspects like you do in your life. Um, you wouldn't have the mentality that you do. You wouldn't have that mindset or really good habits instilled in you. You would still be lost. Your intuition might not be on par. Um, and that could lead you to bad business deals or just sketchy people. That's really good that you took the time to just develop yourself, work on yourself and get better. Cause I feel like sometimes you do have to hit a rock bottom to really realize, Hey, this isn't what I want to feel. This isn't the kind of life I want to live. I can do better. So let's get out of this rut and be the best kind of person that I can be. And then here you are with all of these numerous different ventures. It's also fun. Cause like you mentioned it's enjoyable for you. These are your hobbies. You take pride and you enjoy putting that work. So I think also having that perspective is crucial because if you make it feel like work, it's going to be work. And yes, it's work. It's tedious and it's time consuming, but having a good positive mindset and attitude about it, I feel like is what draws more like-minded people. Um, it makes you just show up the way that you need to, the way each part, each hobby that you have, each endeavor that you have deserves like the best you. Wow. That's a lot. You do a lot. Do you like to relax? Do you enjoy like a cup of wine? How do you keep yourself on point with all of these things that you juggle? Yes. My wife and I 
have been together for a couple of years now. Before then, I didn't really do much besides have goals and focus on what it is that I wanted to do. So as far as off time goes, really, I was just investing in growing companies at the time and working out. That's Those are the three things that I was super disposed to doing. But when you're involving your life with someone else, you can't externalize all those things onto them. You have to be flexible and see what that person wants to do. And my wife, Jennifer, you know her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what led to our conversation here. You had interviewed her. And I'm pretty sure she said a lot of the same things that I talk about. But with that, is that stress is definitely something that's going to come along with business and investing and just stay, staying focused on things for a very long time. And if you don't take the time to, before when I started working with Jennifer and her business and getting to know her more and more, I had never walked in another person's shoes before, even with my prior relationship, I'd never walked in somebody else's shoes. And you have to do that in a relationship. You have to take your hat off, put somebody else's hat off, get to take your lenses off and put theirs on so you can see from their side, their perspective, right? Uh, see what drives them, see what makes them as a person. That's something I've had to do to see from my wife's side and to be symbiotic with her mm-hmm. in our personal life and business life as well. So before I didn't really do much of those things. And then I, at the beginning, expected her to be on the same, not level. I don't expect that. Some people are far beyond me in business, a ton more ahead of me in life and business. I'm a little guy. But um, even with my experience, I tend to externalize that on some people sometimes, even my business partners. I've never walked in their shoes before. I can't take that something that's relative to me and externalize it on them and expect them to work at the same level as I do on things. So fun to me was investing, working out and making my businesses run and grow. She was attracted to that. Yes, the the work ethic, those things and wanting to do more, have more and be more. But one of the things that she liked from me was that I had a certain spirit about me that she didn't really see from others. I had done at the time um, martial arts. I really enjoyed doing that on my off time for fun. And then that kind of ended for me because of my leg. Uh, I wasn't really able to participate in that stuff anymore. And then this is where it answers your question is that it began to become, we weren't like fighting or anything like that. It just became to be a little much where we're just focusing on business all the time. And we're not doing anything for ourselves. So I was like, what do you want to do? So we started finding things that we like to do that are a part of the lifestyle that we want to have one day. Mm-hmm. We started to travel out for business and, and maybe go to, we love the East. That's where we, we had a really amazing time for Jennifer's birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. It was really fun being out near the coast. That's something that she wants to do is uh, go live on the coast and be on boats and do that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I love the water too. I love being around that type of uh, atmosphere. 
So that's something that was very relieving for me. We want to get into the Airbnb business, so short-term rentals. So we're examining short-term rentals for fun to go to places, and we're taking those notes and having fun experiencing the area. So we're doing market research that way. It doesn't always have to be business, but we tend to, like I said, gravitate to those things. We're professionals in that industry, so we take it very seriously. Do we have fun? Was that not a fun weekend? Yeah, I thought it was a fun weekend. Yeah. Well, it's really cool that you can, yes, it's a beach weekend, but you also, you can see the opportunity in whatever yeah. you do. It sounds like y'all both work really hard. So it's just nice to hear that you're relaxing, you're within reason, but also just like taking care of yourself. Cause I feel like sometimes what's that quote in the shining all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I, I feel like sometimes. I'll, I'll look it up. That sounds like a pretty cool quote. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know sometimes that I've heard what the chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. When you start developing good habits, this goes back to what we were talking about before. You don't know you're doing them. If right. you develop bad habits, you don't know you're doing them. Those yeah. chains will become part of your lifestyle and they'll become a part of who you are. So yeah. honestly, if I want to have the chains that bind me as a person and make me who I am, strong chains, strong roots, right? I want those to be strong and deeply embedded in who I am, right? So that I'm not breakable. Yeah. The same thing goes with what I do. I create the reason why maybe my time management is the way it is. The, the businesses that I'm working on right now are the way that they are. And the way I'm able to hold all this together is because it's almost become, like I said before, who I've become. And Jennifer is the same way for her. And we both are that way. We're deeply rooted. And we love each other very much, but it's because we've worked on the things that we don't like working on. And after you do it and, and you work on those things that are hard, those difficult taskings or undergoings that you have to do, mm-hmm. it's either you do it or you don't. Whether you like it or not, doesn't really play a factor. Either yeah. do or don't. Yeah. It's got to have it's they're just gonna stick with you and you're gonna have to dig yourself up out of a hole later on. So it's best to just do your best to form good habits and create good chains. And before you know it, you won't even know that you're doing it. Now it's okay to see other people's perspective and be willing to accept someone else, right? If we're just out and about having fun or or just focused on business all the time and talking about making money and what whatever else that even people think that we actually talk about, we don't talk about all those things. We just want to have a great future. Yeah. We're trying to do that now versus later. And yeah. I don't want to be 75 working at Walmart. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not for me. Even if you were to retire, you would definitely keep yourself busy. But um, no, you're absolutely right. Instilling those habits are like crucial. I'm slowly trying to do that as well. And once you get into that routine, like you said, you don't even realize that you're doing it. And like, it's almost like, for me, it's almost, it's a little addicting. I'm like, wow. I put in the work, I did this, that, and the third, and look at my results. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. Because also like you, I was lost a couple of years ago and I really had to hone down and take a look in the mirror and realize, hey, I don't like being at rock bottom. I need to get myself out of here. So I just, I love that you've had a handful, more than a handful of, you know, difficult endeavors, but each time you've been able to pull yourself up and still show up in your life, like in some way, shape or form. But now that you are better, you're really showing up 100% in everything. And I feel like your value that you bring a lot to the table. But what impresses me the most is that you're willing to share these things. 
you're willing to talk vulnerably and very humbly about your experience, your background, your endeavors, and you want other people to have a piece of the pie too. That's rare, which is sad to say, but that's, I think, what's so great about you is that you can also see the potential in people that they might not see themselves, but you're able to inspire them and push them and also teach them like your social media platform that you have now. Y'all, if you're not following Alex already, you're putting this information out there for free with your daily skits, your daily content, your daily advice, stories, and you're on multiple platforms and you're just putting it out there because I feel like I don't know if you're like cognizant of it, but I feel like the more you invest in the people around you, or at least offer them the good advice, like the quality of life for everyone improves when everyone is on their A game, it's smooth sailing. And you're, you'll be able to like tweak things when you ask for help, when you network. But I feel like, again, people helping people out of the goodness of their heart or just because it's the right thing to do, why wouldn't you want someone to also be successful? That's just, it's huge. And I think it's wonderful among other things that you're doing that, but I feel like you're helping people not have to go through those difficult parts like you've had to experience. And so you're just like, Hey, if you want to show up, if you want to level up, if you want to get better, you want to improve, you want to, you know, step your game up. You want to do these things like, hey, my name's Alex and I'll help you. That's awesome. So do you enjoy helping people? Is it maybe also a little bit of trying to find more people to network with? Is it a little bit of everything? Really a little bit of everything. I don't remember who said this, but he said that most of the things that I've learned in life came from people who taught me what not to do. And that's Mm why I've had some degree of success. I don't really know how the quote goes. There's others. Pascal said, if I seem great, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Pablo Picasso said, good artists copy, great artists steal. Bruce Lee, really into him, he said, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and create what is inherently yours. That's all I've done. So hopefully people can do the same with me. I'm not going to stop doing what it is that I'm doing. And if you want to be a part of this community now or be a part of it later, the people who decide to join me and be a part of Alex on Talks now, like you have yourself, are asking now to be a part of that community versus later. It's like, yeah. believe in me now or believe in me later. It's only a certain amount of time before I take this thing and grow it super big. So hop on now and be a part of this. I'm not trying to sell anything. I have nothing to sell anybody. To be honest, like if I was coming in from a position of need, probably my conversation would be, that I've had so far with others much different. I have had a degree of success in what I'm doing in my business endeavors and financial endeavors, and that's only going to continue anyways. I'm not going to stop. So I I don't have anything to sell anybody and I've had a tremendous amount of failure, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let you fail. So if someone is listening and needs help and they're in the military or they're in the civilian world, and I can't, promise you that I'll partner with you in business because I have been approached many times to partner with people from as far as like an investment standpoint or also actual partnership in business, general or limited partnership. And I do have a tremendous amount of stuff stuck in my brain. And that's what my show is about is to talk about it. My wife actually came up with the name Alexon Talks because a lot of Asian Hispanic people have my last name for some odd reason and Middle Eastern yeah. people as well. So I couldn't find the handle anywhere. Mm-hmm. And my handle Alexon Talks that's down, that's all over right now. 
and in three different places, but it's everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on X, which used to be Twitter, Rumble, Kick. I'm live streaming from a lot of different other platforms, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Telegram. Did you know you could uh, use Telegram for live stream? Do that too. Um, so I'm going to be streaming every night in some capacity or shooting out a short or some business knowledge every day. And I'm going to be breaking down things and time goes on longer form content. And then also bringing a lot of other people on the show, business and finance, acumen, web three technology and Bitcoin. I wrote a book on Bitcoin, Bitcoin fixes this and how it fixes the money problem. If anyone's interested in web three technology or uh, digital technology, that's something I can speak on proficiently and give essay on. Yeah, this recently came out, right? Your book recently came out, right? Yes, it did. And it where did. is it available? For the uh, right now, it's available on Amazon Direct Publishing. I have it in Kindle format, mm-hmm. paperback, and hardcover. Very nice. Okay. That's awesome. You wrote a book, and you're putting out daily content for people to just take in. So for my listeners, would you say that you talk a little bit about everything? Is it mostly business? Is it finance? Is it also like personal advice? What can people expect when you go on, like on your platforms and share content? A lot of the things, and I reiterate this when I go into the longer form content, like one of them was how to manage stress, right? How to deal with difficult people or how to network, how, what's the importance of that? All the things that I just listed don't just have to do with business, but your personal life, your professional life, you can take tidbits of the things that I say and use them for any area of your life. It doesn't just have to be business, but majority of the things that I do talk about is business finance, but I'm very eclectic in business. So if you want to go down the rabbit hole of real estate, we'll go into that. I've been involved in commercial and residential real estate. I still am to this day. We can go into portfolio management when it comes to whatever type of financial instruments you want to use to invest your harder money into. Uh, I'm not a financial professional. I can give live and real time footage of my portfolio and how it works. So I, I'm not some person that's blowing a bunch of smoke and I can show valid real data on those things and, and show you what that timeline looks like. Yeah, I've been doing that since 07. It does take some time to build a strong eclectic portfolio. Mm-hmm. I can go into digital assets, but I can also speak from be a human here and talk about, I'm not saying it's all robotic, what I'm mm-hmm. doing. It, there's a degree of it that has to be, but I am a human being and I do know what love is like. I've experienced that and I'm in a successful relationship with a very loving wife, or maybe that can translate to having a husband. What, what does a woman look for in a husband? I can give that advice. I believe I've been with my wife for several years now, but we are a machine, old machine. That's a force to be reckoned with. And I love to show some of the stressors that I've had to go through and a relationship when it has to do with business. If you want to start a business or go into finance or something like that, it's a lot of stress that's going to come along with it. So it can speak from the perspective of having children and owning a business together. But I have people who are my friends that I'll have on the channel who have experience that have seven kids. <laughs> For sure, how does he manage that? Be a good husband, manage that, and still run a successful real estate company and further on from there. So it could be that. It could be books that I like. 
experiences that I've learned from those books and how they apply to your life. I even do books of the day uh, and I'll break down the book as well for people who are listening. But uh, all the skills that I learned in the military, all of those things, they trans transition, not just to business, but personal life as well. So I can, I've learned a lot from the military. I've learned a lot from the people that I've served with primarily, if anything, I believe I can offer a lot in that category that extends to not just business, but personal life as well. Oh yeah. 100%. And I'm just really glad that you've put the time in to be the best person that you can be in, in multiple ways. I think that's just, it's very impressive. And I really want to thank you just for letting us get to know you a little more and really listen to all the different lives you've lived. It sounds like you've lived a good full life, but you still want more and you're still working towards more. And I feel like, I think we need more people to have that drive because you're, the results are endless. So why wouldn't you? So I'm just, I'm really inspired with just everything that you've shared with us today. We've mentioned that you have this online presence and you're on multiple platforms and you released a book. I think that's really cool. To wrap up, what would you suggest for our audience in order to get to where you are? We've touched on some things, but if you wanted to add anything to that. Absolutely. Something extends to all things. And this is off the top of my head. I'm not reading on a screen here. I, I, I literally have this quote memorized. And it's um, the right-hand man to Warren Buffett. His name is Charlie Munger. Warren Buffett said, if a plane crashes and we're both on it and we're in the water, save Charlie, not me. Right. So he says, I constantly see people rise in life who are not the smartest, sometimes not the most diligent, but they're learning machines. They go to bed a little wiser than they did when they woke up, which is particularly important if you have a long road ahead of you. He said, discharge your duties faithfully and well. Step by step, you get ahead, but not necessarily in fast spurts but you build discipline by preparing for fast spurts. He said, slug it out one inch at a time, day by day. And at the end of the day, if you live long enough, most people get what they deserve. To get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. Remember, the world is not a big enough place and a fast enough place to reward a bunch of undeserving people. So you have to deserve it. Wow. I think that speaks volumes, especially in this current era of gimme, I want, I think earning and deserving is, how do I say it? I feel like it's just more fulfilling, but it's true. Like you worked for it, so you do deserve it. And here you go, but don't expect it to be handed out to you. I don't think any, the time of reckoning is coming. And if you're not ready you don't have to necessarily be ready. I don't want to spook or scare people. It's just that be ready for a kind of a reset and that it's okay. Everyone will be affected, even myself, but now is the best opportunity to change. And now is the best opportunity to dig your heels in and actually do start something new. That's the way that's the best time to start is now. Not in a week, not two weeks, not in a year or so. Just start today. And also, we are in economic times of uncertainty. And it's okay to be uncertain and not know. 
But when you don't know and it's uncertain, that's probably the time you need to dig in and say, hey, maybe this is the time to start something new for myself, for my future, for my family, or whatever you're doing, what you do for. Uh, right now is the time. And you can only go up from here. And that's the way I look at it. And there's only, if you're in your late 30s and 40s, this is probably your, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to spook people, but your last chance, because this is a tremendous opportunity and period where you're at the bottom and you can build something that will, that will grow significantly and, and you won't regret it. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Alex. When, where can everybody find you? At Alex on Talks everywhere. So yeah. you can find me at Alex on Talks on all social media platforms the two businesses that are primarily on social media platforms that I run currently are Wubby Official and Peach Tales mm-hmm. Apparel. So at Wubby Official on all social media and then at Peach Apparel, which is my wife's company, on all social media platforms as well. Uh, those are the businesses. And then the overarching business is Macedon Capital. I'm not too public with that. I can give you an email address if anyone has any questions about business, uh, personal finance, that stuff. And I can assist people in that area. Uh, But if you don't want to email me there, feel free to reach out to me at Alex on talks on all social media platforms. And I will send you a message when I get to it. I I know I'm pretty busy, but I do take into consideration people who message me. And if you really want to change and uh, you need some inspiration, I'm here for you. That's awesome. All right, guys, for my listeners, that is Alex on. I will be sure to link everything in the bio and the episode details. Uh, If you're not already following him on social media, definitely give him a follow on all his numerous platforms. And yeah, definitely check out Wooby. I can attest to that. I got a Wooby hoodie and it is the coolest thing. It's comfortable. It's wonderful. And for very classy ladies fashion is Peach Tails. Just great quality materials. And these are just two very cool, badass entrepreneurs just killing it. And I think if you want some good advice, definitely check out his socials. Alex, thank you again for coming on my podcast. If y'all would like Alex to come back on again, definitely let me know. Otherwise, give him a follow. He's putting out content daily to help you for free. Okay, I'm there running to Instagram. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you again, Alex. Thank you, viewers, and thank you, Jess, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and have a wonderful night.